everybody's pushing for the announcement job. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> We're gonna give it to them. It's good. It's good. Uh, it's just good to be here. Amen. It's good to see what God's doing. Uh, just to highlight a few things, just in relation to community group, once again, those take place immediately after service. Going to be starting next week. Encourage everybody to come be a part of that. You can go to the happenings table, as I said, today and, and fill that out. So we usually go right after service. Usually we're out at 1230. We arrive at one of two places, either here in Elk River or in Ramsey. You can decide which one is going to work better for you. But it's just, this is where you really connect with people. This is where you actually get to know people and continue to grow in the Word as iron sharpens iron. We focus on whatever we're preaching on that Sunday. We just kind of dive deeper into it. It gives you the opportunity to ask questions. And, um, and so everybody uh, usually brings something to, because we've got to eat, right? Church of Hope, we've got to eat. We absolutely have to eat. So, so you bring something to share, enjoy fellowship together, diving into the Word as they talked about here um, today. I'm going to ask Norma. Norma, would you come on up here? We're going to pray for Norma. And Norma is heading to Florida. One of her sons lives in Florida, and she has been praying. This hasn't been an easy decision for her. But she has been praying for quite some time that the Lord would show her what He would have her to do. And she feels like the Lord is calling her mm -hmm. to go to Florida and, uh, and, and live in close proximity where her son lives there. But Norma, we just want to let you know from us to you, we love you. We're so thankful for you. And I am very thankful for you. Praise the Lord. And I love this church family. And I'll, all I want to say is love and persevere. Amen. And follow this man. He's a truthful, truthful preacher and Amen. pastor. Thank you, Norma. Praise the Lord. We're going to pray for you, Norma, okay? okay. You can't leave yet. Okay. Uh, you just extend your right hand a blessing. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for Norma. The blessing that she's been to us over the years, Lord. We just thank you for what you have done in and through her life. You have used her her entire life, God. And we know that uh, you're going to continue to use her for your honor and glo your glory. We thank you that you're not done with Norma. You still have plans and purposes for her. And we just ask your blessing upon her. We thank you for the impact that she's had in our lives, and we thank you for the impact that she's going to have on everybody's life that she comes in contact with. It's in Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Norma. Thank you. Let's give the Lord a hand. seeing people go you know what I'm saying it's hard but uh, but we trust that the Lord is putting his people in his right places for such a time as this amen, amen. and so that happens we have another family that is uh, heading to Utah and that is Ryan and Kathy Ann Foreman um, are actually going to be leaving here within the next couple of weeks and are in the process of moving right now I was hoping that they would be able to be with us even here today but <clears throat> they're taking trips to Utah even right now, once again, feeling like this is something that the Lord has for them. And uh, I'm very thankful for that family. I'm really thankful. Ryan was a, a, a real key component of, of the abort, abolish abortion ministry that's happening in Church of Hope. Um, and I'm very thankful for his leadership in that and his desire to preach the gospel and to save the unborn. Amen. And so we know that the Lord is going to use him there. And uh, we know that the Lord is going to raise up an army here as well. Amen? Amen. That are going to continue to fill those shoes. Because 
Um, we were just out there again yesterday down at St. Paul Planned Parenthood. And listen, friends, uh, God's working. God's moving supernaturally because you are praying. I can honestly say that. I can tell you this. I had the longest. We've been praying for the one of the counter-protesters, the mom, right? I can tell you this here today. I had the longest conversation I've ever had with her yesterday. Morning. We went back and forth. This is the conversation that she said that, well, she said she may be willing to have at some point. And it started going that direction, continued going that direction. And I probably spent more time talking with her than anybody else yesterday morning and the group that was around us there as well. God is raising up other people that have been just not even from this area. People that have been texting me saying, hey, heard about what you guys are doing. Can we be a part of it? I said, no, no, we're very exclusive. We're the only ones who can do this. <laughs> are you kidding me? Hey, listen, what did Jesus say? The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. So pray. What are we supposed to do? What's the greatest thing we can do? Oh, we can invite. We can talk about it. And we need to. But what's the greatest thing we can do? Pray. pray. That's what Jesus said. Pray the Lord of the harvest. Here's the difference. When we pray and God does the work, you don't have to convince anybody of anything. He does an eternal work and all of a sudden you got people lining up saying, I want to be a part of that. Tell me, I want to be a part of that. And so I started receiving text messages from people I have no idea who they are. I do now. I'm meeting them. We're meeting them down there. And they're saying, hey, we want to get on your text thread. We want to be out there when you're out there. And, and, and holding signs and preaching the gospel and talking with people. Um, I, God is doing a great work. I'm fully confident that he is going to continue this work that he has begun. Amen? Amen. Amen. Praise God. Don't stop praying. Don't stop praying and don't stop participating. Like I've said before, we don't need cheerleaders, do we? We don't need cheerleaders. We need fellow workers. Right? We don't need pats on the back. We need fellow workers that are going to get into the war along with us and let's walk hand in hand. Amen, church? Yeah. Amen. Amen. Well, that's not what we're going to talk about today. <laughs> Acts chapter 22. We're continuing our series here in the book of Acts. Acts chapter 22. In part 30, we've come back to this series as we left it over the summer. And uh, we've come back to it here now. And we're going to focus on the choosing of God. Uh, Tim mentioned this a little bit in the prayer time here today. And I think this is very important. The choosing of God. Number one in your handout, the God's sovereignty. If you don't have a Bible here today, I love for people to have their Bibles right out in front of them. Right? Because then you can, you, can check, you can check it out. You can see things in context. Uh, you can see that the Word is saying this. We're not just making this up. And you can check us out with that. If you do not have a Bible here today, you can raise your hand. And Kyle would love to get you a Bible. Uh, if you don't have a Bible at all, that is our gift to you here to you. Today, you can take that Bible home, put your name in and read it. Because Bibles that sit on the shelves... Don't do that anything. That's right. Acts chapter 22. Should have received a handout when you came in here today, and we're just gonna. Well, if we make it through it, let me just say it'll be a miracle. <laughs> Acts chapter 22. But we believe in miracles, don't we? Amen. So Paul now is taken before the court. He is arrested, and he has just asked for permission to speak. Can I speak to these people? And he's given permission to speak to these people. And so he starts off here in verse 1 of chapter 22. Brethren and fathers, hear my defense before you now. So Paul begins to talk to this crowd here. He brings out how he was trained right there in Jerusalem where they were at. And people knew this. People that 
knew any history about what was, what was happening there and who Paul was, knew that Paul had a reputation. What was Paul's reputation? Paul was a persecutor of the way. The way was what was then known as the, what we would call the church now. Christianity, right? They called it the way. He was a persecutor of the church. He was against the church. He thought he was doing the work of God. He was actually doing the work of Satan. Is that possible? Is it possible to think that you're doing the work of God and actually be doing the work of Satan? Well, it's entirely possible. This is what was happening in Paul's life. And he was known as this persecutor of the church. A reputation for that. He's bringing that out. He's not hiding that in his testimony. He's bringing that out. He said, hey, I've been with you. You know who I am. This is what I was zealous for. One of the things you're going to notice is that God, or is Paul, blames everything on God. And I love that. You and I should blame everything on God as well, as it relates to what has happened in our lives. Does that make sense? You and I ought to blame everything on God because guess what? If, there, if something's changed in your life, if God's transformed your heart, well, only He could do that, right? We think about Paul's testimony and the direction that his life was heading. He had no intentions of walking alongside the people of the way. His intentions were to continue persecuting them, continue to go against them. His, this was the direction that he was going. And all of a sudden, he sees a bright light, gets awakened. He doesn't even understand what is, what is happening here in this moment. It says he hears a voice. Now at verse 6, Now it happened as I journeyed and came near Damascus at about noon. Suddenly a great light from heaven shone around me. And I fell to the ground and I heard a voice saying to me, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? So I answered and says, Who are you, Lord? And he said to me, I am Jesus of Nazareth. The one you've been fighting against. The one you've been killing all the people and imprisoning, arresting and imprisoning people who are following this Jesus of Nazareth because you guys thought and you could not accept that he was the Christ. But he's, made, he's revealing himself to him here very openly, very clearly so that he would hear and see this truly is the Christ. This is the one that you're fighting against. You're not just fighting against man. And isn't this the truth? If people are fighting against us because we're walking with Christ, they're not necessarily fighting against us. They're fighting against Christ. They're fighting against God. That should bring you peace in your life, by the way. That should bring peace in your life because you can know that it's not you fighting the battle either. God's fighting the battle. Why? Because it's His battle. It's not your battle. It's His battle. He who began a good work in you is faithful. He will complete it. He will do it. So he brings out this reality of what's happening here. I am Jesus of Nazareth, the one whom you are persecuting. Those who were with me indeed saw the light and were afraid, but they did not hear the voice of him who spoke to me. So I said, what shall I do, Lord? And the Lord said to me, arise, go into Damascus, and there you'll be told all things that are appointed for you to do. And since I could not see for the glory of the light being led by the hand of those who were with me, I came into Damascus. They bring him into Damascus. Then a certain Ananias, a devout man, according to the law, having a good testimony with all the Jews who dwelt there, came to me and he stood and said to me, Brother Saul, what had happened? Life transformation had happened. He's now brother. Did you catch that? His life's been transformed. What did Paul have to do with it? 
What did Saul have to do with it? Not much, did he? He was on his way, on his mission to kill, to persecute. And God intervenes. And friends, if there's something that we need in the day and age that we're living in, is we need God to intervene in situations. We need God because He's the only one who's able to change hearts. He's the only one who can transform. We can't do it. We don't have the ability to do it. Only God has the ability to do what He does. And there's a reason for this. It's so that He gets all the glory. Do you know that? God is serious about getting all the glory. No flesh is going to glory in His presence. He's serious about getting all the glory. In case we're uncertain about this, let's continue reading. He says, Brother Saul, receive your sight. At that same hour, I looked up at him. Then he said these words, The God of our fathers has chosen you. Friend, if you're in Christ here today, I just want to let you know something. You did not choose God. God chose you. Jesus made this very clear to his disciples. He says, for you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and I have appointed you for a specific purpose, for a specific reason. Good works that you should walk in them. Good works that you should fulfill them. But it's God who is the one pursuing. It's God who is the one going after. Brothers and sisters in Christ, this should thrill our hearts that the God of the universe is the one who chases us down and calls us to Himself and, and, and manifests things within our lives that only He can manifest in our lives. Things that he had planned before the foundations of the world. Did you know that? It's mind-boggling. It blows our mind. And oftentimes you say, how does that all work together? I'm here to tell you today, are you ready for this? I have no idea. Because I'm not God. He's bigger than you and I could ever comprehend. Let that just be evidence that he's greater than you think he is right now. Do you believe that? I hope you believe that God is greater than you see him as right now. Than you can possibly comprehend him right now. He does, notice right here, give Paul responsibility that we all have. And that call is a call to repentance. By calling on the name of the Lord, this is how this is going to be manifested. Right? This is what he says. The God of our fathers. Paul alluded to that because of the people that he was talking to here. They would know who he was talking about when he says the God of our fathers has chosen you. Chosen you. That you should know his will and see the just one and hear the voice of his mouth. All of these things are significant. I'm going to tell you why. For you will be his witness to all men. That's significant. Let's, let's back up though. Let's go back to that you would know his will. Desire of God that you would know his will. Here's something I find very interesting. Over and over again throughout most of Paul's letters that he would write, he begins them this way. Let's do something here. You guys up for something? Yeah. Do something a little out of the ordinary? Yeah. All right. I'm going to have you come up and read scriptures as the Lord will lead you. I want somebody to find Romans. Chapter 1, verse 1. And then as soon as you find that, just walk right up here, okay? I've got a microphone for you. 
And I want you to read that. And then, and then, I want First uh, Corinthians chapter one, verse one. Somebody else get that one. As soon as you have it, just walk up here. We know you have it. You can already start coming right now. Second Corinthians chapter one, verse one. How about Galatians chapter one, verse one? Ephesians chapter one, verse one. Colossians chapter one, verse one. Are you guys keeping up? You need me to repeat that? Okay, you got Romans 1 1? Yeah. Praise the Lord. 1 Corinthians 1 1. 2 Corinthians 1 1. Galatians 1 1. Ephesians 1 1. Colossians 1 1. Is everybody still with me? We're doing good? Paul, why are you, why are you sitting down? We got, we got more, man. Okay, well, you take 1 Timothy 1 1. I like that one. You got 1 Timothy 1 1. 2 Timothy 1.1. Someone needs 2 Timothy 1.1. Titus 1 verses 1 through 3. You got a little bit more. Come on, ladies. Is, is, that, is that yours or do you have a different one? Who's got Titus? Raise your hand if you have Titus. You do? Okay, perfect. All right, Romans 1.1. Now, here's what I want you to listen for. I want you to listen for these kind of words, the will of God. He said, I have appointed you to know, I've chosen you, you're mine, I've called you to myself, to know the will of God. Go ahead. Well, hopefully my version says Well, that. we'll see. It's all right. We're good. Paul, your bondservant Christ Jesus called as an apostle, set apart the of God. Amen. Paul, called to be an apostle of Jesus Christ through the will of God. And so is our brother. Amen. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother, to the church of God in Corinth, together with all the saints throughout Achaia. Amen. Paul, an apostle, not of men, neither by man, but by Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. and God the Father, who raised him from the dead. Amen. This letter is from Paul, chosen by the will of God to be an apostle of Christ Jesus. I am writing to God for the people in the thesis who are faithful followers of Christ Jesus. Amen. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God and Timothy, our brother. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the command of God, our Savior, and of Christ Jesus, our hope. Amen. Paul, a servant of God, an apostle of Jesus Christ, for the sake of the faith of God's elect and their knowledge of truth, which accords with with godliness. Amen. Appreciate that. Give these guys a hand who came up here. Did you catch it? Why was Paul an apostle? It was the will of God for his life right it was the will of God for his life Paul called to be an apostle by the commandment of God Paul wasn't an apostle because one day he woke up and just like "Mm, I think I'll try apostleship out it was the will of God for his life God had rights on his life God had a will God had a purpose for his life that he was calling him into that's amazing If it were our lives, what would that look like right now? 
That's just a challenging question, right? If there are lives right now, for Mike, called to be a pastor, by the will of God, because this is what God wants, and God has called him, and God has set him apart, what would it be for you in your life? If you recognize God's calling you to himself in salvation, do you recognize if you're in Christ, that is. If, and do you recognize his, his mission for your life in that gift that he has given you that he wants you to use for his honor and his glory? You were not created for yourself. I don't, I hope, I don't know. Maybe I'm giving you news you've never heard before here today. But you, you were created, you and I were not created for ourselves. You and I were created for the glory of God. We were asked that question actually yesterday. Why do you guys do this? On Saturday mornings, come down here. And in, in their opinion, we're wasting our time. And, we t and, and, I'll, and one of the fellows who's down there with us, his name is Luke. Here's what he said. We need to be faithful to Christ. I love that answer. We need to be above everything else. Yes, we're here to preach the gospel. Yes, we're here to, to, to warn mothers and fathers that are going in to murder their children. We're here to warn them, plead with them, don't do that. We'll help you. We'll walk alongside of you. If you don't feel like you can take care of your baby, we'll adopt your baby. But ultimately, our responsibility is faithfulness to Christ. Amen? Our responsibility is faithfulness to Christ. He highlights here. Chosen you that you should know His will. See the just one, hear the voice. This is requirements for apostleship. They had to be able to be one who saw Christ and heard Christ. As far as the early apostles go, Paul hadn't up to that point. God revealed himself to him where he heard his voice, saw Jesus, being an eyewitness of Jesus. Very important for qualifications for this kind of apostleship. You will be his witness to all men, not just Jews, but Gentiles as well. You're going to see this is all in the choosing of God. And this is how God is going to work out every situation that Paul is going to go through. For his glory. Circumstances are going to sometimes look really bad. And yet God is continuing to accomplish his purposes within Paul's life. To make sure that he is going to be a witness. Not just to Jews. But also to Gentiles. All men. And then he gives them the responsibility. Why are you waiting? Rise, be baptized. Wash, to wash away your sins as you call on the name of the Lord. That's how your sins are washed away. Whoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. It's good news. Now notice here verse 17. Now it happened when I returned to Jerusalem and was praying in the temple. Over this last summer, uh, different ones of the servant leadership team um, took uh, uh, different portions in the Gospel of Luke and highlighted that before we went into our time of praise and prayer on Wednesday night. 
One of the things we discovered is that so many times Luke made a point to say while Jesus was praying, this would happen. This is so significant, church. Here, Luke does the same thing, but Paul is saying this. While I was praying, I was in a trance. He was actually in a trance. A supernatural thing was happening to him. And if you were push were to come to shove and you were to ask me why do I think that was happening to him because he was praying it's all over Luke points it out when Jesus was a, had just been baptized Jesus had just been baptized and says while he was praying the spirit descended upon him like a dove that's amazing that's significant right while Peter, James, and John in him were taken up, were when he was transfigured on the mount, and he allowed Peter, James, and John to come with him, right? Remember this? And as he's, as he's up there, it says, while he's praying, suddenly they're transfigured. And his, his garments became white. Incredible thing that at the beginning of it, it's, it's, it's almost humorous. If it weren't so serious, right? But Peter, James, and John, what are they doing? Sleeping. Why does that always seem to be the case? When, when, when these guys are called to prayer, much like when they were in the, when they were in the garden with Jesus, and He says, wait here, I'm going to go pray. But you pray, watch and pray, lest you enter into temptation. He comes back and they're sleeping. I'm not here to solve that today. But it's a reality... God wants His people to be a people of prayer. Church of Hope, listen to me. God wants His people to be a people of prayer. A people that seek His face. What did He say? It's always on the Scripture that we pop up here on first Sundays of the month when we have our special ministry prayer time. Jeremiah 33.3. Somebody help me out with that passage. What does that say? All on me. Call to know you. Amen. But you don't know. Call to me, and I will answer. You don't call to me, I won't answer. But you call to me, and I will answer. And guess what? It doesn't just stop there. I will show you great and mighty things Amen. that you don't even know right now. This is the God that we're dealing with. This is the God that Tim was talking about here this morning. And we're reading about from Psalm, what was it, 135? 33 and 35 both of them right the God who's created all these things who does all these things who can do everything just with a snap of his finger yet desires that his people call on his name and then he promises then I'll respond so he says as I'm praying and, and just once again as 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 way of reminder highlight this because it, Luke points this out on purpose here in the book of Acts to just once again say, prioritize prayer in your personal life and listen to me, church, and in your church life. Because without Him, we can do, help me out, church, nothing. And that's literal. We will fall on our faces if we're trying to do the work of God without the power of God. 
You can even attract numbers doing that, but it won't walk streets of gold one day. It won't transform hearts. It's not by might, it's not by power, it's by my spirit, says the Lord. That's how his work gets done. And we better believe it. Amen? Amen. He's warned here in this passage, he says, And I saw him saying to me, Make haste, get out of Jerusalem quickly, for they will not receive your testimony concerning me. So I said, Lord, they know that in every synagogue I imprison and beat those who believe in you. And when the blood of your martyr Stephen was shed, I also was standing by, consenting to his death and guarding the clothes of those who were killing him. Then they said to him, Depart, for I will send you far from here to the Gentiles. It's interesting. We talked about this last week. Three people had received prophetic words that Paul, if he were to go to Jerusalem, he would experience persecution. Only Paul knew that he was for sure supposed to go, that that word did not mean don't go, that it actually meant go. But also know that if I'm showing this to you and that this is going to happen, I'm going to go with you. I'm going to be with you. I promise. I've never. God's promised that, hasn't he? I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. You're not going to be doing this on your own. You're going to be doing this through the power of the Holy Spirit. So it does beg the question, though, here, why in this instance is he told, hey, get out of here. There's, there's people that are not very happy with you. And go to the Gentiles. And, and, and here, Paul goes to Jerusalem. He says, no, I need to go. Why? What do you think is happening here? The sovereign purposes of God. Because like I said before, if he doesn't get let out of there, and maybe it was a threat that caused him to get out of there, or whatever it may be that God used to get him out of there at that time, it was to take the gospel to the Gentiles. And that's honestly why they're madder than a hornet's nest right now. Right? Yeah. He's taking the gospel to the Gentiles, and he's telling them this. It's by grace alone, through faith alone. It's the only way. It's not by following the works of the law. No one is going to be justified. You don't have to become a Jew in order to be a Christian. He's calling all men everywhere now. Repent. Call on the name of the Lord and you will be saved. God is sovereignly moving and working all of these things out and accomplishing His purposes for His honor and for His glory. I'm just going to break into number two here just for a second. But you know what I find interesting in this? Paul had such a love for his fellow Jews. You see that in Scripture? on my mind all day yesterday morning when we were at the abortion mill the ones that are blaspheming your name right now the ones that are cursing you right now give me a love for them ones who are mocking right now, God. 
Don't let us just be out here just saying words into the air because we know they're true and right. But give us a love and a passion. Biblical love and passion. Paul had for these fellow Jews who were vehemently opposing him. They were wreaking all kinds of havoc in his life. Do you know what he says in Romans chapter 9? He says, I wish, if it were possible, I would be a curse for their salvation. Don't you say that. It's not the only place this happens in Scripture. This is, this is Jesus hanging on the cross. After being whipped and beaten by these people, as he's hanging on his cross, he cries out, Father, forgive them. I don't know what they're doing. This is Stephen, the first martyr. As he gazes into the sky and sees the glory of God, and sees the Son of Man standing at the right hand of the Father. And he asked God, he has a prayer, and he asked God, after saying, I see the glory of God, there's nothing you can do to me. I see the glory of God. I'm not afraid to die. But then he says something else. He has this request to the Father. Don't charge him with this. Don't charge him with this. Brothers and sisters in Christ, this is a gospel put on display, isn't it? While we were still sinners, Christ came to us. Wasn't when you and I had our act together and we were going after God. That's not when God met us. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He died for enemies. I'll never forget being in a, a college-age community group when I used to be at Gateway Church. I remember a young man, he was there for the first time, he was in the college-age group, and he asked this question, what's the big deal of somebody laying their life down? People do that all the time. He's right, military, right? People laying their life down for the country, for their friends, and so on. And I'll never forget one of the guys, his name was Jeff Metz, who was interning with me at the time. He says, yeah, but I want you to think about this right now. He said, I want you to think about the worst thing that anybody could possibly do to you or anybody within your family. He says, you got it? He says, yeah. You could only imagine what those things would be, right? He says, would you die for that person? While we were still sinners. My God died for me. Poured his blood out so that every single one of my sins, past, present, and future, could be forgiven and washed clean. That's our God. Amen? Amen. That's the work that He's doing. Can we pray for that right now? Understanding God has called us, God has. If you're in Christ here today, if you're not in Christ here today, I have a simple command for you in a sense. Because that's what Jesus did. Jesus didn't ask people if they wanted to receive Jesus Christ, repent of their sins. Jesus commanded people to repent of their sins and put their trust in Christ and Christ alone. Wherever you're at here today, if you're in sin, you're not in Christ, you need to repent of your sins today.
You don't wait till tomorrow because today is the day of salvation. And then you trust fully in Christ and His finished work. You can't do it, friends. We can't do it. Christ did it all. He accomplished it all. And we rest in Him and Him alone. But brothers and sisters, if you're in Christ here today, you recognize He's called you, He's chosen you before the foundations of the world. It's amazing. It is the will of God that He wants to accomplish His good works within your life for His honor, for His glory. And I pray, we're going to continue diving into this. A miracle didn't happen today. We didn't get through it. That's okay. I was pretty sure it wasn't going to happen. We're going to continue diving into this. But can we pray for this? Can we pray, Lord, wherever I'm at right now, in my passion, not just for my brothers and sisters in Christ, but what about those who are on the outside looking in right now, that are lost, that are headed for a godless eternity right now? I don't know God. They're in darkness. They're dead. Scripture says they're dead spiritually right now. We're just going to ask that the Lord would increase our love. Not a human love. We don't want to love with human love. That's phony. It won't last. We need to love with the love of God. That loves people enough. Listen to me. Loves people enough to tell them the truth in love. Right? Loves people enough. To tell them the truth in love. Because you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Amen. Heavenly Father, we ask you right now in the mighty name of Jesus. More love for you, O oh Christ. That then our hearts would experience your love in such a greater way. And pour out of us then unto all of those that are around us, Lord. The lost. The dead spiritually, oh God. A greater love. That would act out of love. That would speak out of love, oh God. For your honor and for your glory. It's in Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people say. Amen. Amen. If you'd like prayer for anything here today, we'd love to pray with you and for you. If you have any questions about anything we've talked about here today, we'd love to talk with you about that. We will pick up where we left off uh, next week with this message here. Please stick around for the potluck as an opportunity once again to um, bless Norma Venice who is uh, going to be heading to Florida as we said here once again. We're just so glad that we're going to be able to have this time here with her this afternoon. Amen. Even if you didn't bring anything here today, if you just showed up and you're like, oh I didn't know about this. Stick around. Stick around. It's okay. Have some coffee, donuts. Amen. You are dismissed.